It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another couple of hours of motorsports conversation here on Performance Motorsports Network, or PMN Radio for short. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. I am Tom Baker, joined in the Race to the USA PMN studios in Mooresville, North Carolina, by Jacob Seelman, the managing editor of racechaseronline.com, and Cisco Scaramuza with us as well. And Cisco, one of the writers for RaceChaserOnline.com and part of the LSR TV Sim crew. And uh, we also have, uh, of course, none other than Behind the Glass Bill manning the controls as our producer. And you're actually going to hear from him later in our lightning round for the first time as we kind of have some fun with that tonight. Uh Joining us on the program, we've got uh, actually several special guests. Derek Krause is going to be talking to us. Derek, the winner of the K&M Pro Series West Race at Kern last week and also the Rookie of the Year for that series. He's going to be joining us. And we've got Drive for Diversity 2018 racers Ryan Vargas and Ernie Francis Jr. going to be joining us also on the program along with a fit stop with Hunter Smith talking about off-season driver training and uh, his thoughts on some ideas that uh, drivers can use to get in shape for next season or uh, get into better shape for next season. And we start with uh, some items off the newswire as I continue to fight this voice issue that I've had for the last three or four weeks. Uh, So hopefully you all will bear with us. And the newswire was buzzing over the last couple of days. Jacob, you were uh, at Stuart Haas Racing as part of the media team that covered this. Uh, Big announcement. We all knew that Smithfield was moving from Richard Petty Motorsports to Stuart Haas Racing, we all thought we knew that Eric Almarola was going to follow Smithfield over to Stuart Haas Racing to drive the 10 car for 2018. And now we all know that we know because that's what was announced yesterday. And um, you were able to be a part of that interesting situation, I think, I don't think it shocked too many people, but I think the level of enthusiasm over there for Eric coming on board and Smithfield being a part of the team certainly is very high for uh, next season. I think there are three things here. Number one, the term you're looking for is officially official. It is officially official. The press release has been written. Yes, and sent out. Oh, by the way. In case you missed that, it's on racechaseronline.com. Correct. But, you know. Second thing, Eric Almirola looks at the media and goes, surprise, not really. As Tony <laughs> Stewart says, there are no secrets. There's spies everywhere. It's the worst kept secret in NASCAR, almost literally. The third thing was, yes, the enthusiasm was palpable, and I think it was very much expressed by the cheer from the SHR employees when Eric addressed them just prior to the official press conference on Wednesday afternoon. I mean, this was a 
staff and a crew that is very much looking forward to working with Eric in 2018. This is a crew that does in fact feel that they can go to victory lane next year. And this is a car owner that believes in his driver. Tony Stewart and Eric Almarola have been friends a long time. And Tony kept, as Eric put it, ribbing him. But Tony kept reminding all of us about the Milwaukee race from way back 10 years ago that Almarola was leading as a part of Joe Gibbs Racing when he was pulled out of the car because of sponsor uh, commitments that Denny Hamlin got there late, couldn't start the car, but they wanted to put Hamlin in to finish the race. Denny ultimately won the race that Eric had dominated up to that point, and Eric was credited with the victory. Tony kept making the point, you know, Eric was pulling away mightily from a lot of Cup Series guys that were in the field at that time and proving that he was absolutely capable of running with the best of them. And I think that's the talent that Tony believes Eric can bring to this organization in 2018. And oh, by the way, I'll take a quote from Eric. That car looks fast just sitting still. Yeah, it really does. And uh, we'll get Cisco's thoughts and my thoughts in a moment. But right now I'm interested in what uh, Eric had to say, you got some exclusive uh, time with Eric to do an interview. And Bill, if you'll push a button, we all will be able to hear it. Eric Almarola unveiled as the newest Stuart Haas racing driver. I know you said four or five times during the press conference earlier today, Christmas came early. This has to be surreal right now, just standing here, soaking it all in, and knowing that that race car over there in the corner, you're going to get to be behind the wheel of. I can't wait, man. It's, uh, it is so awesome to sit there and look at that race car. It looks amazing. It looks fast just sitting still, and I can't wait to see how fast it is on the racetrack. Now... This has been a journey this year for you, for Smithfield. I mean, at the time back in Kansas in May when you had to sit out of the race car because of the back injury, I mean, did you picture now, five, six months later, being in a scenario like this and having this opportunity? No, I had faith, um, and I was willing to accept whatever was next for my career and for life. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm... I'm tickled that uh, that this all came together and that this is uh, a real opportunity for me. And this is this is what people dream about, right? To to have the chance to go compete at the highest level. And so to to be here with an organization like Stuart Haas Racing that um, has obviously proven that they can compete for wins, they can compete for championships. Um, you know, you, you see it week in and week out. Their cars run up front. So I'm excited to be a part of that, and I'm looking forward to contributing. And not just. SHR, but being able to drive for your friend, Tony Stewart. I mean, you guys go all the way back to when you were both driving at JGR at Gibbs. I mean, this has got to be cool for both of you to have this all kind of come back together in a way. And I know, yes, he was still harassing you earlier today about Milwaukee. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, and this is great to, to have this, you know, to have this opportunity to come and drive for somebody that you call a friend um, and that we've had a relationship going on 14 years now. Um, Wow, thinking about that, 14 years, <laughs> that, that number seems significant. So, um, yeah, it's just it's really special, and, and I'm excited about uh, this opportunity and having a chance to work with him and his team and, and everybody, you know, from Gene Haas and Tony Stewart to Brett Fruit and everybody uh, that works on these race cars to make them go fast. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting times, and, and I, I just can't 
you know, restate enough about how much I'm looking forward to getting in these race cars and, and going fast. You said earlier you relish the pressure that comes with driving for a team like Stuart Haas, and I can feel the excitement from you. I mean, you know, what does this do for you going into 2018 confidence-wise and knowing that uh, arguably this is the best equipment you've ever had at the cup level? Yeah, it's exactly that. You know, I, I want that pressure. I want I want to wake up on Sunday morning knowing that I have a shot to win the race. I mean, that's what that's what anybody that has a competitive, you know, blood in their body, that's what that's what they want. You know, that's what that's what they want. They want the the ability to go out and be successful. And so for me, it's the same. I'm I'm very competitive. I have a lot of desire to go be successful. And so this gives me that chance. You know, I'll be able to wake up on Sunday morning on race day and know that I have a legitimate chance to win uh, most weekends. And I can't wait for that. Now, obviously, uh, with with all of this, I mean, the dynamic and having teammates now, you haven't really had that except for uh, with, with Brian Scott over at RPM. How much does it help you to have three other teammates next year that you can lean on, share notes with, and know that that's going to strengthen the whole organization? Oh, it's great. You know, I've, I've never had that opportunity, really. I, I feel like my my level of, of talent and our equipment has always just been on par with whatever other teammate I've had at the race team at, at RPM. And so to have this chance to lean on, you know, Kevin Harvick, a champion, Kurt Busch, a champion, you know, Clint Boyer, somebody who's had a lot of success, won a bunch of races and come close to winning a championship. Uh, to have them as teammates and be able to lean on them, I think is really going to elevate uh, me as a race car driver. And, and I just hope to be able to contribute to the team. You gave up a potential career in baseball to pursue a racing dream. Now you stand here and I, you know, I've heard you say this is basically like having that dream realized. I mean, what what's the journey been like? I'm sure standing here today makes it all worth it. It does. Um, you know, I think baseball for me was something that I did from the time I was five years old all the way up into high school. And at high, when I got to high school, I had to make a decision because I couldn't play Saturday afternoon games and still make it to the racetrack to race on Saturday night. So I had to make a decision and, and I chose racing just simply because it was more exciting. Um, you know, <laughs> sitting at shortstop waiting for a ground ball to come your way is not nearly as exciting as running 65 mile an hour in a go-kart um, at that time. And so for me, uh, I made the decision just purely off of what I had more fun doing. And it's worked out for me. And to be able to tie everything together, I'm, I'm sure... You know, maybe in the back of your mind, the family history, your granddad used to run sprint cars. Uh, I'm sure that's got to be cool, too, knowing that uh, Tony's got a fleet of those somewhere that maybe after the cup career's over, you tug on his sleeve. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to. I mean, that's something that I've not had the opportunity to do, and uh, now I can put some pressure on him to go let me drive a sprint car. <laughs> Congratulations, Eric. I know you've been grinning uh, dream opportunity. Yes, it is. Thank you. And certainly a good opportunity for Eric to uh, get behind the wheel of a competitive car. And I'm going to allow Cisco to chime in here and I'll have a few thoughts, but we're going to step aside first and uh, do a little business when we come back more uh, on the Eric Amarola situation. And we're going to hear from Smithfield as well in our next segment. We've got plenty of drivers coming up uh, to talk with over the next hour and a half or so as well. So stick around. 
we're just getting started on tonight's Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and our producer behind the glass, Bill, from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, pushing all the right buttons. Also, uh, Joe King back there as well. And right now we're talking about Eric Almarola. We heard from Eric just before the break. Cisco Scaramuza, I'm going to come to you with this. You know, this is, uh, Eric mentioned 
in his interview that this is the first time that he feels like he's realistically going to be able to go and get up on a Sunday and get in the race car and have a legitimate shot to win every race. Would you agree with that? I'm not sold on it, but I'm not dismissing it either because I feel that Eric getting into that 10 car is going to, I think we're going to see immediate improvement on his average finish, but at the end of the day, I don't see that car being at the level of something like the four or the 41 immediately out of the gate. I think they're still going to have a lot to do over over the off season to be able to get that team up to speed, to be able to build that chemistry with driver crew. So I think, yes, it has the potential to get there, just not right out of the gate. I, you know, I have to be honest, I'm kind of torn on this one because I don't think we really know what the potential of the 10 car is because as much as I want to be respectful and gentle here when talking about Danica Patrick, I have to say that I feel like this will be the first time that that car has had a driver in it that may be a winning NASCAR Cup Series racer. I don't know. I don't think we know really what Eric's true potential is either, Jacob, because we've seen him win in the 43. We've seen him run well in the 43, but you know, we haven't seen him in equipment that in theory at least should be, you know, championship caliber equipment. So going to be kind of, uh, I think, interesting for us to watch him come out of the gate and see how he does at the start of the season. Oh, I think it's going to be great fun to watch and see how he comes out of the gate. And he's got all the resources to be successful coming out of the gate. It's just a matter of whether the team can gel and harness that or whether it takes a little bit of time. And when you talk about gelling, one thing that won't need any gelling is the relationship between Almarola and Smithfield Foods, which is going to be, uh, as they talked about during the press conference, the full season. They're sponsoring all 38 races next year for that 10 car at the cup level, which is great news not only for Stuart Haas, but for Eric as well. It's continuity, and the executives that were there during the press conference on Wednesday were very high on Eric largely in part because of his family values and because of his knowledge of the company over working with them for the last six years. They spoke about it with us, and you'll hear from John Pauley, one of the executive vice presidents at Smithfield, right now. John Pauley from Smithfield. I know you were talking in the press conference earlier about how important Eric's connection with the company was and how you guys wanted to keep that uh, in the transition here now to Stuart Haas. So, you know, what is it about Eric that makes him such a good fit for you guys and the company? Well, Eric is uh, a, he's a family guy, he's a loyal guy, and he's a great guy, nice guy. And, you know, he can compete and be that guy on the track that he needs to be to win. But when he gets out of the car, he's somebody you're proud of. And, and he loves our products. His family eats them. And he's just been a great ambassador for our brand. We take him to customers. They love him because he's engaging. And, he, and you can tell that he actually is sincere about the message he's delivering. Was there any doubt from your guys' end that this was the scenario you wanted for, for, Eric, for you guys and Eric to be the pairing wherever you landed? 
Well, you know, when we he was under contract with RPM, and it's and it's very tricky. So we didn't want to get into that. So what we did is we started talking to a few other teams. You know, when your contract's up, it's amazing how right. popular to get. So we we had some teams reach out to us, and and we met with Stuart Hawes. And after meeting with Brett Fruit and Tony, uh, I went back and had concluded that this, this made a lot of sense to us. Uh, we talked about you know drivers, uh, you know, but Eric was clearly my first choice and our company's first choice because of the longevity we've had and the continuity, and for the things I just mentioned, he's he's just a great ambassador. Now, coming over here, obviously, there's been a lot of upside potential here in the second half of the season. How excited does that make you, knowing that Stuart Haas is coming into their own with the Ford switch and knowing what might be possible next year? Uh, real excited because you know I I learned a lot this year about going from one manufacturer to another. I I didn't realize how complicated. It, uh, it is, and to go to Ford and have that kind of success immediately, I think says a lot about the the, the, the Stuart Haas team. So for them to start to finish strong in 17, I've kind of focused my way over here at 18. I, I think we can continue that trend. Uh, Clint Boyer's an example who, who didn't do as well in, in, in 16, has really done well this year once he came over here. So we have that mindset that Eric can do the same thing. It's a fresh start for all of you guys. It is. It's a fresh start. It's exciting. We we like being a part of NASCAR and the sport. We've invested millions of dollars. Uh, the people who go to, the, to uh, watch the race and watch on TV, they're our kind of people. And so I, I hope uh, they see the support we're giving the sport and, and to Eric. What is the status of uh, where you guys are at with uh, with RPM and the possibility of a continuing partnership there for next year? We're going to be involved with RPM in a, in a much different way, in a smaller way. But Richard, you know, he's the king. And um, we had a little bit of a miscommunication. We met with him. Uh, we cleared all that up. And, and quite frankly, it's, 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 it's as good as it's ever been with him. But, but we're going we're gonna to be a part of what they're doing. You won't see Smithfield on the car. But we have many avenues that we can do with them next year uh, from a sponsorship standpoint. We're going we're gonna to do something on a, on a smaller scale. Well, that's kind of interesting, uh, noting that he said smaller scale for their involvement with RPM. Um, which, as he said, could come in many forms. It could be personal services agreements. It could be a lot of different things. So not really too sure, Jacob, where that's going to go. It will be interesting to see how that, what form that takes. But again, sounds like a lot of excitement all the way around for what's happening over at Stuart Haas in 2018. Oh, absolutely. And Cisco, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, it was actually funny when they unveiled the car, I kind of, did a double take because I think we've all gotten so used to seeing Smithfield on a petty blue 43 car that it took me a minute to stop and realize, oh, Smithfield actually has corporate colors that they're putting on a race car. It was new and different, and like Eric said, it looks fast standing still, black and white with the gold numbers. I mean, this is going to be fun for all parties next year, no doubt about it. I think outside of maybe William Byron's car for next year, this, in my opinion, is one of the best-looking cars that has been unveiled coming into next year. It, like like you said, it looks fast going standing still, and it's simplistic in a way where it's not detracting from you know trying to be too obscure or too obtuse in terms of the design. It just works really well, and I dig it. And, yeah, no, I have to agree. I was doing the same thing. The also thing to keep in mind is the tent's going to have would you call that gold or bronze gold. numbers? They, they called it gold during the press conference. Okay, so gold numbers again this year. So just something to note. That, I think, is getting carried over as well from this year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and 
Another thing getting carried over from this year, Tom, is the fact that Billy Scott is going to remain the crew chief for the 10-car next season. Eric said he's never met Billy until he went to the shop on Wednesday, but that he's very much looking forward to working with him. And the continuity for crew chief and crew, even though they're getting a new driver, obviously they're already familiar with all the equipment at Stuart Haas, and that should help the whole program. Oh, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's a situation for Eric where he walks into a team that has won championships recently with a car owner who's won championships fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people over there who are championship caliber and championship proven people. So, you know, this is going to be, I think, a real, I, I look at this kind of the way I look at Paul Menard going to the Wood Brothers ride. At this point, you would say that the equipment is going to be there. So mm-hmm. we're going to find out exactly what kind of talent Arik Almarola has and how what where his his top potential is just yeah. like we will Menard in the Wood Brothers car because we know that that car runs up front the 10 car hasn't so much with Danica but you know you know that the the resources are there to put it there so I think it's going to be it, it's going to be really up to Eric to just go out there and get the job done I agree 100% and I think he's like Tony said he's capable of getting the job done and that was the thing that struck me about this whole thing Tony kept reminding the media that was there on Wednesday the talent he saw in Eric back when he and Eric were teammates at Joe Gibbs Racing Tony just continued to impress that He believes every bit that Eric Almirola is as capable as going out and winning a race in SHR equipment as he was when he was driving, period, plain and simple. And oh, by the way, let's not forget that Tony dropped a little tidbit himself during this whole deal. He kind of took the spotlight for five seconds from Eric when he said the nugget, you know, there's an Xfinity car here that I might possibly be interested in driving in a couple of races at some point not next year but at some point yeah i i thought that was kind of intriguing i mean he mentioned really i think most of it was road courses um, yes you know he's he's interested in that because the road courses are still very much driver skill focused absolutely and you know there are a couple like road america that he's not raced on before that he's interested in possibly doing so we'll we'll see if that comes to pass he also uh, threw out another nugget about uh, having things that are in the works that are way bigger than NASCAR. Uh, and maybe we'll get to that a little later on in the program. Also, Ty Majeski in the news, and we'll talk about that later on in the show as well. We're going to step aside. <clears throat> when we come back, Ryan Vargas going to join us. We're going to talk about Drive for Diversity, the recent combine, and Ryan... Um, Boy, a lot going on with this young man right now, and uh, we're going to talk to him on the other side of the break. Ernie Francis Jr. coming up after that. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck Teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety. You're listening to PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza talking racing with you for uh, about another hour and a half or so. And we've got... um, Bill North, (laughs) 
behind the glass, otherwise known as Bill Holt, or behind the glass Bill, whichever. He answers to almost everything, just don't call him late for dinner. And uh, Joe King back there as well, both from the Carolina School of Broadcasting and joining us via the Race Chaser Hotline <laughs> is none other than Ryan Vargas. And we've had Ryan on the show uh, a few times lately because he keeps popping up. This show, of course, uh, heavily focusing on the short track and regional touring series. And, um, you know, Ryan has just had a really a dream season, it seems like, Bud, as we uh, bring you out and let you go uh, full throttle with us here on the show. Um, You know, it's one thing to be chosen for the second straight year as the winner of the Wendell Scott Trailblazer Award. But on top of that, uh, being chosen as one of the 2018 Drive for Diversity drivers for Rev Racing, getting both the K&N Pro East opportunity and the late model opportunity. I mean, you've just got to be kind of walking about uh, 10 feet off the ground these days, don't you? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, I'm so blessed for the opportunity that Rev Racing and Max Siegel and NASCAR Diversity have given me because, it's been a lot of hard work this year, but, you know, it's all paying off in the end here. Yeah, it definitely uh, feels like it's paying off for you. Talk a little bit about uh, what it was like to get the call that uh, you were selected as part of the Drive for Diversity team for 2018. It was amazing because, I mean, it was funny. I was actually at school when I got the call, so I was, you know, at lunch, <laughs> and I got the call, and I just... I mean, it, I was trying so hard not to fall apart. It was, it was kind of like that realization that all of our hard work and our determination for the past few years is has finally come together. And it was so funny because it was at school, so I was just trying not to, <laughs> trying not to fall apart. Like I said. Well, I mean, what's wrong with falling apart at school? I mean, you wouldn't be the first, and that's a pretty big deal, I would think. Uh, do a lot of your school friends know exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it, and and know about all of this? Uh, they're starting to get uh, figure it out now once that the news came out and that I was, we were all able to post about it and talk about it. So a lot of my friends kind of know what I'm doing now, so they're all pretty excited for me. Well, I imagine you have to be pretty excited too, Ryan. I mean, this has been so much of a whirlwind. We talked to you after the Combine, and you felt good about where things are at. But, you know, with this being kind of the, the goal that was sitting out there, I'm sure, as they say, the waiting really was the hardest part through all this. Oh, I mean, it was it was constant. Just like, will we get picked, or like, if we don't if we don't get picked, how's next year going to look? I mean, it's just the constant wondering. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. And so, I'm kind of glad that they picked us this early this year because I heard in the past they've done it a lot a lot later. I'm glad that they did it earlier this year, so just so we didn't have so many plans made up for next year's season midway you know oh yeah now the interesting thing about this is you get selected for the k&n team as well as the late model but the k&n day at the combine was actually rained out so you have no idea truly uh what quite to expect just yet i know you're uh you're getting set and you're going to have some testing time before the start of the year but it's going to be a whole new world for you yeah, I mean, I, I have absolutely zero track time in a K&N car. I mean, I have a ton of late models, but zero in a, in a K&N car. So hopefully 
we and me and the rev team get some testing in before the season's up and uh before the season starts and you know hopefully i could just show what i got you know now talk a little bit about too. tom mentioned it right off the top uh last year we talked to you actually at the banquet uh, in regards to the Wendell Scott Trailblazer Award and uh, that award being given to the highest diversity driver or female driver in the Division One standings. I mean, for you to win this a second year in a row, I'm sure is not only emotional for you, but I feel like it shows, too, just how consistent you've been over the last two years. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, we improved a ton this year compared to last year. I mean, last year... I got the award, and I was about 63rd or 65th in the nation. I don't remember exactly where, but this year I won all the way up to 16th in the nation. And not only that, but I also have a pair of wins underneath my belt as well. So not only are we staying consistent, but we're also improving. So that shows a lot about what, what I can do, and not only that, but what our family, what my family and what our team can do. What does it mean to you to represent and to win the award again? I mean, there. It's very few. I'm trying to think of the last time even a driver won the Wendell Scott Award, not just two times over, but in back-to-back years, no less. It means it means the world to me because, I mean, Wendell Scott is definitely an icon of the sport, and he's definitely set the mark for putting minority drivers on the map for NASCAR. So because of him, a lot of the drivers who today – are able to race because of him. He's opened the door for so many drivers, and it's amazing to receive an, an award in his name, not only because of that, but because just all the history behind his name and behind what the sport has along with this group. Going ahead into uh, the actual announcement, I know the press conference Tuesday at Rev Racing was, as you put it to us earlier in the week, Kind of crazy, kind of hectic, but a whole lot of fun. I mean, what was it like to be introduced with the rest of the team? And really, I know you met them all during the Combine, but to really start getting to know who you're going to work with and who you're going to race with. Obviously, uh, when it comes to your K&N teammates, Chase Cabry and Ruben Garcia are two pretty good guys to be able to lean on. Oh, of course. I mean, Chase Cabry, you know, one of the top rookies last year in the E-Series and Ruben Garcia, Mexico Series champion. I mean, those are great teammates to lean on. I mean, they're both incredibly talented as well as the other drivers ernie nick and isabella i mean it's the 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 lineup that rev racing has brought this year is insane and it's amazing to be a part of that group as well because like i said their stats are just unheard of for me so it's great to have that have that to work with and have their knowledge to learn off of as well you had a chance uh as a part of the whole experience of the day uh you had a chance to be on uh, nascar America and that's kind of an interesting uh I think it, it wasn't a live appearance in studio but they f- they filmed while you were uh doing the the press conference and all of the the things at Rev Racing what was it like to actually be able to see yourself on national TV like that and and know did did that if if you had a moment where you really realized that it was all real uh was that the moment when you actually could uh, could see yourself on that show when I saw myself on TV, I was actually we were at um, TGI Fridays with me and Nick Sanchez and his family, and we were both watching it. And it was just, it really set in that this is what our this is what's happening. This is our our plan next year. We're racing for Rev Racing, and the real moment when it all set in was when I got to the shop on um, on Monday. I went to the shop on Monday to visit and just learn what's what, who's who, and 
it really set in seeing all those cars lined up and everybody working on the cars and hanging out with Chase and Nick and all the drivers there. So it was, it's just amazing. And I just can't say how, I mean, I can't explain how thankful I am to be a part of this group and to be able to have the opportunity to drive a K&N car. We worked uh, very hard for that and, and really had quite a season for yourself overall in the late model that I think backs up. Uh, if nothing else, your ability to perform on the track and also work off the track. Um, as you've had the chance to talk to some of the Rev Racing team, now I know you're going to run some late model stuff for them as well, but in terms of the late model to the K&N car, what have they talked to you about uh, that you're going to need to be thinking about as far as that transitional and to be able to make the adjustment? Uh, the main thing is I've, I've talked a lot to Ruben, Chase, and even Colin at the Combine, they said the biggest thing is it's just you got to be ready for the not only the weight difference but the power difference. The, those motors, the motors in the Canon cars have so much power, and you got to figure out how and when to lay it down. And so, with all the extra weight, you got to figure out when you need to lift, how much you need to back up the corners, and not only that, the races are 150 laps usually. So you have to figure out tire management, and that's one thing that I've been a Saturday night short track racer, late models. It's that's something you don't really have to worry about as much. I mean, you have to worry about it, but not anywhere near 150 laps every race. <laughs> so that's a big thing. I mean, this whole season is really just going to be about learning, learning as much as I can on and off the track, on, in the shop and underneath the car. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, you're a uh, voracious note taker, so I'm sure that uh, you're going to be up to speed in no time at all. And I know that you've had a lot of uh, individuals that have helped you to get to where you are now. So who has helped make it happen for Ryan Vargas this season? And who are you looking forward to taking with you into next season? Well, I really have to thank my, my family, my mom, my dad, and my grandparents on both sides, my whole family really for supporting me, as well as Race Face and my sponsors, Hoseman, Advanced Masonry and Concrete, Swift Springs, Unlimited Landscaping, Engine Dynamics, and Competition Front Wheel Drive Parts for believing in me this year and giving us the funds we need because this year has been hard. You know, we've had a lot of good days, but there's been a whole lot more bad days. So to have people like that in your corner is a real big help. It sure is, Ryan. And we uh, appreciate the fact that you took some time out to chat with us on the program here tonight once again. And I'm sure that uh, we'll be talking more with you as things develop. It seems like uh, almost every week now there's something in the news about Ryan Vargas, which I know is a huge thing for you. But uh, we certainly are uh, excited for you and looking very forward to seeing what you can do with Rev Racing next season. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next year. That's Ryan Vargas. Uh, visit his website at ryanvargasracing.com if you want to know more uh, about him. And we will step aside when we come back. We are going to be joined by another of the drivers in the Drive for Diversity 2018 Rev Racing program, Ernie Francis Jr., right around the corner. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety you can visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com you're listening to the show on pmn the performance motorsports network okay so sarah i'm dropping you off at emily's yep and josh you're going to soccer dad soccer practice right oh by the way i just wanted to let you know when i pick you both up i'll be wearing my short shorts what no yep 
and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it. Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. From one drive for diversity, <laughs> class member to another. <coughs> Excuse me, that was appropriate. Uh, welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. I'm Tom Baker, along with Jacob Seelman and Cisco Scaramuza, joining us on the program now. And I have to share this because, well, it was just plain funny. So our producer, Bill Holt, alias Bill North, alias Behind the Glass Bill, uh, calls up our next guest, Ernie Francis Jr., and proceeds to say, is this Mr. Vargas? Now I should explain to Ernie before we bring him out onto the program here that uh, that wasn't random. We had Ryan on the, the last segment. So uh, we it was definitely a slip of the tongue, Ernie. We appreciate you coming on, and we promise we'll get the name right for the rest of the segment. Ernie Francis Jr., four-time consecutive Trans Am champion and a member of the Drive for Diversity 2018 class. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to be on. Well, it's it's good to have you on, Ernie, and it isn't often uh, enough, honestly, that we get to spend too much time talking with someone from the sports car realm on this particular show, uh, but I always enjoy the opportunity, and I love the Trans Am series. For those in our audience who really aren't too familiar or don't follow the series that closely and aren't real familiar with you, can you kind of 
just give us a little bit of a background on yourself and how you got started. And I know, obviously, uh, lots of family heritage there. Yeah, so I got started back uh, when I was four years old in go-karts. Uh, my dad has been racing since before I was born. He's been an amateur club racer and sports car racing uh, pretty much all his life. So uh, I was pretty much born into it. And uh, like I said, at four years old, got into a go-kart. From there, started racing cars and uh, got into racing cars when I was 13 years old. And uh, when I went 15, I went pro in the Pro World Challenge Series. Uh, from there, just uh, kept on going up through the ladder, started racing in the Trans Am Series, won three championships in some of the lower divisions. And this last year, I took on the uh, the highest division in the Trans Am Series, the TA class, which are uh, cars with uh, 850 horsepower and weigh 2,700 pounds, pretty much some of the fastest sports car road racing cars you can get on in, in the world. And uh, we just won a championship with nine wins this year. And uh, here at Daytona this weekend, actually looking for our 10th win. Now, talk a little bit about your season this year, Ernie. Obviously, it's tough enough to win one class championship in Trans Am, but to have the season you've had in the Premier class, the TA class, en route to your fourth class title uh, in a row in Trans Am across a couple of different divisions, I mean, this really has been, if ever there was one of the four that was probably the season, I'd say this one was it. Oh, yeah, this was definitely a season four. This is kind of the breakout season. Um, moving into the TA class, we know it's going to be a challenge. Uh, there's some competitive guys out here, guys like Justin Marks, Andy Lally, uh, Martin Raginger, Chris Dyson are all names that we've had racing with us this year in, uh, in the TA class. So it's been very, very tough. But, uh, yeah, it's been a great year. Started off good with uh, a couple of wins and uh, locked up the championship two races ago. Uh, we have nine wins under our, under our belt so far in the TA class. Um, 32 wins overall in the Trans Am Series, actually. So, uh that's another thing that we just achieved after the last win last weekend. Uh, 32 overall wins and uh, the new most winningest driver in the series and 51 years of the history of it. It's certainly an incredible milestone. And now to transition to stock cars, I mean, what, what sparked all this for you after having so much success the last four or five years in the sports cars? I mean, what really inspired you that this was the right time for the switch? Well, I think... Uh, I just wanted to try something else. I want to try and expand my resume of what I can drive and what I can be quick in and what I can win in. And uh, I've pretty much driven open-wheel cars. I've driven sports cars. And uh, stock car is kind of the, the last thing that I haven't really tried out yet. So I decided it would be a good time to try it out, uh, run it for a season, do some testing, do some of the K&N road course races next year and see how I do, and then uh, decide on the year after that what I want to, what I want to chase after. And I think it's a little bit of a special uh, position that you're in. Most of the time, the Drive for Diversity drivers are placed for an entire season racing, whether it's the late model or the full season in the K&N car. Your position is, in fact, a little bit unique because you get to test, do a lot of oval track testing while still running the K&N East car in the road courses, which is kind of where your comfort zone is. Yeah, I think uh, the plan that they have for me at the Rev Racing Program, the NASCAR Draft University Program, really works out perfect for what I wanted to do. It's a, a year of testing in the K&N series at all the oval tracks, so I get to uh, get more seat time under my belt and really learn the ropes of, uh, of oval racing. And at the same time, I get to run the K&N road course races where I know I'm competitive and I know I'd be pretty quick out there to go challenge for a win. Yeah, absolutely, Ernie. And you're in the position where it's going to be kind of a switch in scenery because in Trans Am, you've basically been, you know, the top, the top of the tower, you know, the best there is, the best out there. 
and uh, your team's had so much success. What's the transition for you like going to a situation where you're going to be in a more development sort of role and kind of learning the ropes? Uh, the big thing for me is just going into it with an open mind, uh, knowing that I want to learn something new. I got to uh, put all the road racing experience that I have to the side. Don't forget it all, but just uh, just kind of uh, go in there with a clean slate and try and learn what I have to do about uh, circle track racing and figure it all out. And you've gotten to race on some of probably the most prestigious courses in North America, places like Coda, places Indy, you mentioned Daytona. And now you're going to a completely different style of racing with the oval stuff and, you know, transitioning into that. What sort of stuff can you bring over from Trans Am and uh, your racing there that kind of works for you going to these other racetracks? Obviously, you have a lot of experience at tracks where both uh, NASCAR and Trans Am run. But what's kind of the tra- what's kind of the stuff you can bring with you? I think a lot of it's just going to be some of the experience with the uh, higher horsepower cars. Uh, these Trans Am cars that I drive are extremely high horsepower, and uh, they are a handful to, to take care of on the track. It's all about tire con- conservation, brake conservation, keeping 850 horsepower underneath you for an hour and 10 minutes long in a Trans Am race is tough. So I think I had that experience going into it, and I think that's going to help me out throughout the season. And, well, this is your, uh, I guess, sort of debut in NASCAR. It's not really your debut because you got a chance to run a little bit in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. You ran for, I believe, Carl Long at the race at Road America, if I'm not mistaken. Talk about that a little bit because we didn't get an opportunity to talk to you. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was a pretty quick opportunity for me. It all came together about a week before the actual event, and uh, we decided to just try it out. It was... uh, not the best uh, car to run out there. It wasn't as competitive as we would have hoped it would be, but uh, it was a good first experience. I was able to use some of my road coursing knowledge and to get it up pretty high up in the field. We were running uh, up to 15th place before uh, oil pump f- um, belt failed on us and uh, took us out of the race. But yeah, it was a good weekend overall. I got to meet some new people in the NASCAR world and kind of show what I can do in a backmarker car on a road course. I'm curious, Ernie, as far as the transition that you had this year in Trans Am, this was your first year in the TA class. Uh, Going back to uh, your three years prior in the TA4, I mean, what was the difference stepping up to the top class uh, from an equipment and a car standpoint compared to what you were used to? Well, the cars are completely different. The TA4 cars are production chassis cars, a lot less horsepower, somewhere around the 400, 500 horsepower mark. And they weigh a lot more, around the uh, around 3,600 pounds. So running into the TA car where it weighs 2,700 pounds, it has 800 horsepower, um, and it's also a tube-frame car, it was a big difference, a big jump, as well as uh, not having ABS anymore like the TA4 cars do. So I had to get used to no ABS, no traction control. And uh, as a team, we just had to kind of uh, revamp everything that we did. Uh, the TA car is a lot more to uh, to manage, a lot more to take care of. There's a lot more prep work in it to make sure the car is running every weekend. It's uh, tearing the car apart after every event, going through the engine, going through the transmission, and uh, just a lot more in the setup of the car. There's a lot more going on that uh, you have to stay on top of during these race weekends. You've only had three oval tests, period. And in fact, your third test was the combine test when you guys had the late model day on day two of the combine. Um, you know, what what are you most looking forward to about getting into the oval side of racing from a standpoint of, uh, like you said, putting the road course skills to the side and learning a new, a new skill set? I'm just excited to uh, get out there and kind of learn more. 
um, the guys that have been picked for the for the program this year are great drivers, and I look forward to working with them and kind of watching what they do and trying to learn from them as well as some of the uh, the team at Rev Racing. They're all uh, very experienced with what they're doing, and I look forward to uh, to them helping me try and get comfortable and uh, used to driving circle tracks. And I know you're down in Daytona trying to get that 10th Trans Am win this weekend, and I would have to believe that even in spite of everything you're doing with Rev Racing next year, they haven't seen completely the last of you just yet, have they? No, definitely for sure not. I think we're uh, most likely planning on doing nearly a full season or maybe a full season in Trans Am as well as a, a full season in World Challenge next year, as well as the NASCAR stuff. So I haven't been definitely not dropping the road course racing stuff I'm doing yet. Well, I know, uh, obviously, that's not what the competition wants to hear, but I know it's great news for you, and I know it's taken a lot of people and partners, Ernie, to help you get to this point. Who do you need to say thank you to for all the opportunities? Yeah, just really really have to thank, uh, first of all, my dad and uh, the whole team at Breathless for, uh, for, for what they've done with my career and getting me to this point. Uh, we've had a bunch of sponsors along the way, some guys like Framework Shower Doors, FramelessShowerDoors.com, uh, Bonacani Fund, uh, R&B Company, Beta Tools, all these guys that have really pushed us over the last couple of years and really gotten me to where I need to go. And then another big thanks is just to, uh, to NASCAR and the NASCAR Driver Diversity Program with uh, Rev Racing and Max Siegelink. Uh, just can't thank them enough for this opportunity for me to be a road course racer with really no stock car racing experience at all to be accepted to the Combine. And, uh, and made it through as one of the finalists and running with them next year. It's really an honor, and I'm super excited to see what I can do and show what I, show what I can do on track. Well, you certainly have proven yourself in the Trans Am Series, and we are, uh, we've had Justin Haley on, this, on our program several times, and Justin, of course, racing Trans Am, but also uh, doing very well in the stock car. So uh, certainly precedent for it, and look forward to seeing what you can do with the Drive for Diversity program. And good luck this weekend in your quest for that 10th Trans Am win. Ernie, thanks for being on. Yep, thank you guys very much. That's Ernie Francis Jr. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we switch to KNN West and talk about Todd Gilliland winning the war, but Derek Krause winning the battle. And Derek going to be joining us a little bit later on in our discussion as well. So stick around. Much more to come. The second hour of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, is coming up on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. 
Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Speaking of drivers on the move for 2018, Tyler Reddick headed from Ganassi Racing over to Junior Motorsports to uh, compete in a full season of Xfinity Racing there, and that should be fun. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and Cisco Scaramuza here on the Stock Car Show. Uh, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. And we spend a little time here talking about the K&M Pro Series West because, well, they had a race and wrapped up a season. And, um, you know, it's it. I don't think anyone's really too surprised that Todd Gilliland won the championship, although considering what happened to Todd Gilliland when he was running for the championship in the K&M Pro East Series finale, I think... A lot of people are probably, including Todd himself, relieved that he won the championship yes. in the K&M Pro West Series. Yes, Todd was very relieved. I was going back and forth with him via text this week. He said, thank goodness that one's over, because I don't think he would have been able to stomach losing a championship again the way he lost the East Series title. So for Todd, second championship in a row in the K&M Pro Series West. And what a season it was. Six wins again. He beats out Bill McAnally Racing teammate Chris Eggleston for the crown in a year when BMR sweeps the top three positions in the point standings. And Todd wanted the final win, but his young teammate, I say young because Todd 17 and Derek Krause, who we'll talk to in a few minutes, only 15 from Wisconsin. Derek picking up the victory in the final race of the season, the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame 150 at Kern County Raceway Park, which conveniently enough airs this Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCS end but this was a race where Derek charged late and kind of left Gilliland in his dust but at the same time Cisco I think that's a scenario where Todd knows and knew at that point he didn't have to win the race he might have wanted to win the race but he didn't have to win the race to rock up the title so it was all well and good Bill McAnally wins the battle wins the war and Todd Gilliland becomes one of a very few drivers to win back-to-back or consecutive K&M Pro Series West titles. 
Yeah, and also to take out of that as well, Derek Krause also with that win secures himself the Rookie of the Year honors in the K&N West series. So pretty, just a pretty awesome day for uh, for Bill McAnally Racing. And I think that's that's all you can really say because they were just so good. They were just so good. You couldn't stop them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, during this race, only three cars, count them, one, two, three, at the end of this, were left on the lead lap, Tom, and conveniently enough, wow. they were all McAnally cars, just not the three you might think. Derek Krause wins the race, Todd Gilliland finishes second, and Riley Herbst making a return briefly to the K&M Pro Series West comes up on the podium. It would have been a chance for a McAnally 1-2-3-4, but Chris Eggleston having to spend some extended time in pit lane due to a blown tire that caused some damage to his number 99, Napa Filters Toyota, that took him three laps down, a 20th place finish. Not the way he wanted to end the year, but still second in points, still a good year. I mean, second in points to a guy who won six races and barely finished off the podium. You can't really hang your head at that, can you? No, uh, I don't think you can, though. I think if you're Chris Eggleston, you probably do because, you know, Chris is in a position where, you know, he's older and um, this basically is his, this is probably as far as he goes. And so it's kind of a situation where I think, you know, for him, he's more or less going to try to do as much of this as he can for as long Mm -hmm. as he can. And so you sort of look at this the way, you know, you might look, you know, at a a career arc of driver or whatever and say, well, somebody like Frank Kimmel, Frank Kimmel, you know, if you don't win, then it wasn't successful. And he's Mm -hmm. and he's won it before. And he he's with the best team. But, you know, it is tough. I mean, Todd Gilliland is a terrific driver and you know he's a young man who's got a huge future in the sport and a very long one as well I think at the top level Mm -hmm. and you know I believe that at the end of all of this Chris Eggleston will look at this and say you know I wish I'd won it but it was still a really good season it was and Boy, if you're Bill McAnally, you couldn't lose going into this. His drivers were the only ones in mathematical contention. Cisco, it's Bill's eighth NASCAR K&M Pro Series West title as a car owner. That uh, is most all-time. Toyota wins another manufacturer's championship, their fifth in the last decade. And like I was talking about earlier, Todd Gilliland becomes the first driver since Mike Duncan did it in 2004 and 2005 to win back-to-back titles and the first driver out of the Bill McAnally stable to win back-to-back titles since Brendan Gaughan in 2000 and 2001. If you're Bill McAnally, you're just sitting back going, "Mm mm-hmm. We did good. Yes, they did. And also credit to Chris Lawson, who becomes the first crew chief, I believe, since Bill Sedgwick back in 04 and 05 with Duncan to go back to back as crew chief for championship as well. Correct. That is all very, very true. And it's interesting, Tom, because now you've got Bill McAnally, who's won three championships in a row. I think if you keep Chris Eggleston over there, keep Derek Krause over there for another season, there's no signs of this train slowing down at all. 
Is there anybody that steps up to the plate going into next year? Somebody like Michael Self, if he's able to come back for a season? Well, I think part of the problem is that we don't really know who's going to come back and really yeah. what the lineup is going to be for next year. A lot of a lot of possibilities and some interesting young racers uh, like Zach St. Ange, who ran a handful of races or actually a few races for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for in, in that series this year uh, for Patriot Motorsports Group. And I know that Zach has ambitions of uh, doing something on a broader scale next year. That There are a few drivers like him that you look at out of the late models and you say, okay, you know, if they are able to come in in good equipment, this could be very interesting. But at the end of the day, I think Bill McAnally, and again, with all due respect to every other team in that series, Bill McAnally is a step above. Well... They've had the support, the corporate support from Napa Auto Parts yeah. going all the way back to the very first title with Sean Woodside in 1999. Yeah. I mean, this has been a partnership that has yielded every vestige of success. Eight titles, countless wins in the series. Yeah. I mean, and when you have the support of a company like Napa, who's got the national presence that they have, it's really hard for anybody to step up and beat that. I mean, that's yeah. just been, it's been a pairing that's so rooted in the West series and produced so much success. I mean, you'd have to have another corporate entity come in, I think, and really put their force behind a team. I think the last team we saw that really had the strength to go head-to-head with the Alley group was uh, before Gene Price uh, sold out his operation to Jerry Pitts at the end of 2014-2015 uh, uh, when that operation transitioned over from Gene Price Motorsports to Jefferson, Jefferson Pitts, Pitts Racing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there was a learning period, and in that point, Bill McAnally kind of surged ahead, and nobody's really quite been able to get back to them. I mean, it, like it's no disrespect to any other team in the West Series. There's several teams. The uh, JPR team, you've got Bob Brancati over there who knows how to win championships yep. at the West level. Yep. Yeah, you've got the the 21 team that's always been very yeah. strong out west. But right now, Bill McAnally has something figured out in the West Series, Cisco, that, that nobody else seems to have figured out. It's going to be a ca- uh, case of everybody really having to catch back up. We saw it back 20, 2011, 2012, 2013 when it was really tightly contested. But I feel like right now everybody's just got to get caught back up again. And as far as corporate support goes, I mean, we talk about Napa and Bill McAnally. I mean, this is this is something that I'd equate to a Lowe's and Hendrick Motorsports level of mm-hmm. just, you know, the corporate coming on board and just, you know, this group just finding so much uh, so much chemistry and working together and doing so well that it's it's amazing. And to your point in terms of corporations coming in, honestly, just looking down the list. Dylan Kwasniewski jumps out at me as, you know, him bringing Rockstar, Rockstar into the sport yeah. is really the only thing that I've seen to even go up against Snap in terms of that amount of sponsorship as well, Jacob. Well, yeah, and the thing is, is uh, when you talk about the comparison to Lowe's and Hendrick, I think the difference there is that there aren't any other Lowe's and Hendricks in K&N West right now Whereas in Cup, obviously, there are a number of teams with that kind of support. But yeah, it's it's it just makes it. And again, I don't want to uh, get into a, a 
a position where I'm saying this is all about the money because you have to have the people. Mm -hmm. But it does help when you have the ability to go get the people and and the resources that you need to be able to be as consistent as um, Bill McAnally and that team have been over the the, the years. They're definitely the standard by which, uh, you know, they're the the ones that that you've got to beat if you're going to win a championship out west. Exactly. They're the measuring stick that everybody else tries to stand up to. They have been for a couple of years here, and it's just, like I said, a matter of everybody trying to get back to them. And when we come back, we are actually going to talk to the K&N Pro Series West finale winner, Rookie of the Year, and Wisconsin Young Gun. Rare that we get a K&N West driver out of the state of Wisconsin. But Derek Krause has done all that and a little bit more. And you will hear from the talented teenager right on the other side of this. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport. And we'll be back in just a moment here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. I'm not sure, but I'll just bet you that our esteemed producer behind the glass, Bill, remembers the other Spencer Davis, as in traffic. 
uh, as in I'm a Man and several other hits from the 60s and early 70s. Just get back to racing, will you? Oh, it's fun once in a while to reminisce about music. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network, where you do hear the occasional set of cruising tunes because, well, it's uh, nothing like driving down the road with cruising tunes, digging on the radio. Right now we're talking motorsports, and we're talking with a young man who uh, is a pretty happy young man right about now because, much like Ryan Vargas, he kind of did a double here recently. Ryan, of course, getting... um, uh, selected for the 2018 Drive for Diversity team and winning the Wendell Scott Trailblazer Award for the second straight year. And Derek Krause, who is our current guest, uh, picking up not only the win in the finale for the K&M Pro West Series, but also just having been officially announced here, the press release hot off the press. He is the 2017 Rookie of the Year. Derek, welcome to the program and congratulations, young man. That is quite a couple of accomplishments for you. Hi, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you on the program. Um, let's talk first about the, the race, and then we'll sort of broaden the scope a little bit to talk about your season in the Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, you, you pick up <laughs> the win in a race that was dominated by Bill McAnally cars, but I think, you know, a lot of people, if they were uh, wagering, and we emphasize friendly wagering on this program, um, but if they were wagering, they probably would have wagered on your teammate Todd to win the race, and yet here you come and steal his thunder, pick up the win, but he still gets the championship, so I guess that's not so bad. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a good night for BMR. I mean, we got the champion. Todd got the championship, and I got the rookie of the year and the win, so that that's really good. We also finished 1-2, and then with DGR and BMR, kind of a, technically pretty much a team, so in DGR, car finished third, so technically it's a 1-2-3. That's really good. Derek, take us back to the race over the weekend at Kern, because you really had to dig in order to pass Todd. I mean, take us back. What's going through your mind in the closing stages, and then how hard did you have to dig to get around him and hold him off to win that race? Yeah, for sure. It was actually right away in the beginning of the race, he got by us and led a lap, and then we went and led our lap for that bonus point. But then, then we kind of fell back a little bit, saving tires, and just followed him for a little bit, and then then Eric Holmes, my spotter, got on the radio and said, we got to get in front of him, so then he's got to pass us instead of him passing, or me trying to pass him and trying to use a bunch of our tires. So right when he was saving him, that's when we capitalized on it, and that's that's when we took, the lead, took second place at the time, and I think that's what made the difference at the end of the race. You started the year at 15 years old. I mean, I know the goal was to really have a strong year in your rookie year on the tour, but... Did you guys picture having nine top fives, ten top tens going into this? I mean, was that realistic, did you feel like, or did this season kind of exceed what you guys had set as far as goals at the start of the year? I don't know. Of course, we set our goals high in the beginning of the year. I mean, BMR's got a great group of guys working with us, and they had a group, great group of people working at the shop and at the racetrack with me. I mean, they, they surrounded me with great people with my whole crew, I mean, Ty and John and Nellie and everyone that's on my crew, they, they're all great people. and They know how to build race cars. I mean, that's their job, and they do a really good job of it. And Their cars are really good right when we unload, and that's what, that's what helps us going into the weekend. What do you feel like you've learned this season as a driver 
running your first year on the K&N West Tour and, and just kind of adapting to these cars as opposed to the late models? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely different than the late models with the weight and weight and all the other components of the car. And that's that's probably the hardest part from going from the late model to the K&N car is just the breaking points. And Anu and I really could tell when I jumped into the Super and then I jumped back into the K&N car. And that was it's definitely different. But it was a lot of fun adapting to the car and learning a whole other new race car. So that's, that's, really fun. that's a really fun part of it. And looking forward to hopefully next time I get in, into one. Now, you finished this season so strong with a win. Uh, I'm sure you guys are still working some things out a little bit. But is the goal right now to be back with BMR and chase that championship next year? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the goal be back there next year at BMR Racing. I mean, they they got a great group of guys, like I said before, and that's, that's a really great team. And, uh, Derek, just talk to me a little bit because, you know, I was running through, I was looking at, you know, now that you're the rookie of the year, everything like that, you know, you're making your statement, and you're like, I'm here, I want to go out there, and I want to be at that top level, and you're not the only driver from uh, Wisconsin who's doing that right now because there's a certain guy down uh, State Road 29 uh, by the name of Ty Majeski also doing the same thing. And, you know, I also think of Ross Kenseth and a couple other drivers from the region. Talk a bit about, you know, that background that you had growing up in Wisconsin. What's How's that contributed to your driving career? Yeah, for sure. I mean, me and Ty have known each other since go-karting days. I mean, He's pretty much the one that got me, that taught me pretty much everything I know. Me, him and my dad, I mean, Ty helped me with go-karts, and he helps me still today. I mean, we still get on iRacing at night and talk to each other about what's going on in life. He tells me a little, little stuff, what's happening down in North Carolina and where everyone's going to be next year, and that's that's really fun about it. I mean, we get to see each other on the weekends when we get to race late miles against each other, and that's what I really like about the sport with being friends with on and off the track and that. It's, it's really fun this year. And to get put in kind of, you know, put in the same conversation as the Sauters and the Kenseths and uh, even the Deckers, kind of for yourself in the region, what's that like for you? Yeah, it's definitely an honor to be thrown in the conversation with them. I mean, they, they're they a huge part of Wisconsin. I mean, they, they're from Wisconsin. They represent Wisconsin really well with being able to race in NASCAR and like Natalie's in the ARCA and ties in the Sydney series. And that's, that's really cool to be part of it and hopefully I can stay a part of it. Now, Derek, you've run the last two years down in Pensacola at the Snowball Derby. I know the K&M Pro Series West season may be done for you. Are we going to see you back down at the Derby for a third straight year this year? Yeah, for sure. We'll be down there. I'm actually working on the car right now in the shop. I'm down here in that car is still, we have a lot of work on that car yet, but we'll get it done for the Derby, and hopefully we can have a good run there like we had the past two years. I was going to say, you've been so strong the last two years and just unfortunately been caught up in crashes really, really late in the going both years. I mean, I'm sure you've learned a lot. Uh, is, is it just about finding that little bit of luck at the end that you've needed for this year's race to to stay out of trouble and contend for it? Yeah, for sure. I mean... The first two years that we're down there hasn't been very good to us. The race hasn't, but qualifying has been good to us, and everything else has been good to us except for the racing. We've been racing really good, and the car the cars have been phenomenal down there. And we, we were in the top 10 last year when we got in that wreck, and then two years ago we were running the top 15, and 
just got caught up in all the people's messes and really there's nowhere to go really at that place. I mean, that place got walls on the inside and the outside where, where we got involved in the wrecks. And so it's definitely different. It's definitely really fun to go down there and race the Super Late Mile for sure. How tough is qualifying day on the Derby? I know it's stressful because you get so many cars and they only take the top 30 in qualifying. If you can go ahead and lock yourself in, I know that's a huge sigh of relief to where you don't have to stress about the last chance races or anything else during the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's, qualifying the Derby is a big part of the whole weekend. I mean, it feels like there's a 50-pound weight on your back from Wednesday to Friday night, and if you make a race, it's, that weight's lifted off your back, and then you look towards the race. But then if you don't make the race like what happened last year, I mean, then you got to go through the last chance. Then you got to worry about getting caught up in anyone else's messes and then finishing top four, five, whatever it is. And, I mean, last year we had to do that, and it turned out well. We finished third in the last chance. But so you don't really want to go through that race in in the long run. And so hopefully this year we'll be able to qualify in again. And this year's Derby being the 50th running of the race, how special is that? And how special would it be if you were the lucky one to be able to win this year's race? Yeah, that'd be that'd be a really big race win for me. I mean, that that's pretty much the most prestigious race in the Super Late Model. I mean, it's basically like a NASCAR weekend for for the Super Late Model drivers. I mean, Kyle Busch will be there this year for the 50th annual. There's a bunch of great drivers that are there, and it's pretty much the most prestigious race in short track racing that's really fun and also when you're pacing around before the race I mean the stands are packed and usually you gotta buy your ticket three months in advance just to get get your seat and your standing room only that's that's really amazing to see when you're pacing around and the stands are packed now just to clarify you guys are bringing uh the 9k just like you have the last couple years right yes all right. Well, I know, obviously, a lot of people, a lot of supporters, Derek, go into making all this possible. Uh, who do you need to give a shout-out to and say thank you for uh, for making this season possible? Yeah, for sure. Well, on the can inside, it's just Bill McInerney Racing and Carl Tools and everyone that's at BMR helping. And then on, then on the Super Late Model side, I mean, Sanetti Incorporated, B&K Trucking, uh, Shalewitz Enterprises, Dale's One Stop, Kuyap Body and Custom Left Hand Chassis and Stratford Sign and Silver Calf Ranch, and that's pretty much it. I mean, everyone that's on the car and helped this year, I mean, thanks, thanks to all them. Well, I know uh, you're excited for the future, Derek. And again, congratulations on Rookie of the Year. An incredible season for you with BMR. And we definitely uh, look forward to seeing you come down here for the banquet and uh, look forward to seeing what arises for you going into 2018 as well, buddy. Yeah, thank you. It's been a really fun year, and looking forward to next year. I know you are. That is Derek Krause, and we appreciate his time as he looks, Tom, to become the next representative from Wisconsin to make it up towards the NASCAR National Series levels. He also got the chance to run a modified this year, a tour modified during the race at Charlotte on the quarter mile this fall. So he's been very diverse. Modified K&N car uh, super late model. I mean, you can't ask much more from a now 16-year-old, can you? No, you really can't. I mean, he definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, he definitely is a very, uh, I think, potentially up-and-coming young racer, and I think he's one of these drivers that, you know, he's not uh, the most 
flamboyant or uh, outgoing mm-hmm. driver in the pit area. He's very soft-spoken, but he goes out, and no matter what he's in, he gets the job done. He does. And he's got a lot of talent behind the wheel. I think he has a lot of uh, adaptability, and that's a, a quality that I see in some of the other drivers uh, that were talked about in the conversation, like Ty Majeski and uh, the Sodders and such. So it's uh, going to be interesting to follow this young man as he moves up the ladder. With that, we step aside. When we come back, we switch gears and talk about driver training with Hunter Smith on the fit stop and then a very interesting lightning round to follow that. So uh, we're not done yet. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck Teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for a second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Well, I don't know. Um, Matt Tift, kind of an interesting uh, segue into a fit stop segment about driver fitness because obviously he had to be in great uh, physical shape to overcome the effects of uh, the brain surgery that he had and uh, happy to see him back at full strength and doing so well in the Xfinity series. He'll be heading for Richard Childress Racing in 2018. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza joined for this segment by our uh, fitness guru and part-time racer, Hunter Smith. And Hunter, this time you have chosen, uh, and I love that you say this is part one, so I'm really going to be interested to see what part two brings. But um, off-season training, I guess uh, we're not quite there for uh, NASCAR, but uh, for most other series, uh, except for a few that race over the course of the winter in some of the warmer states of our union, um most everybody else is into their off-season, so a good opportunity to kind of start talking about uh, off-season training regimens, and, uh, you know, mine mostly consists of holiday parties, so you know that's not good, Uh, but uh, talk a little bit about off-season training. Yeah, definitely. So we are getting to that point of the year where most uh, racing series will be taking their break, whether it's a two, three month break, something like that. But we are getting into that off season uh, stretch. So and, you know, that's no pun intended there with exercise. But um, we we look at the off season as an extremely critical time for drivers, especially with their physical training and mental training, and all that kind of stuff, because we have the most time to focus on the training during the off season. When the, once the season starts, we don't really have a whole lot of time to really sit down, develop a plan, all that kind of stuff. Cause then we have media responsibilities. We have sponsor obligations. We have races to travel to. We got appearances to be at. So the training during the season shouldn't necessarily take a back seat, but it can't be right on the forefront like it is during the off season. We have the most time to focus on it, which is why it's so critical to use that time wisely and really develop a plan going into the season. It's not necessarily just to get the training done, but it's also to develop how we're going to you know, go into that next season. And preparation is everything in this sport, as we know, as the cars uh, are already starting to get ready for Daytona next year. The, some of the, in other series, two cars are already being uh, prepped for next year. Drivers are starting to be prepped for this in the coming season, too. And kind of knowing where we're at for that is, you know, half the battle just with all the preparation. We're going to go into it. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, honestly, I think, you know, we talk about training. You should be training 24-7, 365. But, you know, in the off season, it's kind of an opportunity, I guess, to really um, do some things on a more, I guess, a, a, a more time, uh, timely basis or, or spend more time uh, in certain types of training than you have during the, uh, the season. Yeah, definitely. From a trainer standpoint, I'm looking at it from a fitness professional standpoint. I can really go into and develop a driver over the off season. I have the time to be able to do that and really uh, study their 
their body composition, study what they can do, what they can't do, all the stuff that they can do. And that makes things easier to go into a season and say, okay, well, I know over the offseason we developed this plan, we watched this program, we watched this driver progress for, you know, whether it be three to six weeks, something like that. We have that amount of time to kind of see what we're working with and what needs to be improved on. Um, and plus it's just getting them ready to go into a season with a fresh kind of fresh head on their shoulders. If we start the season bad, it just sets the tone bad for a whole year. Uh, we start the season off on a good physical note, on a good mental note, could kind of just set the tone for the whole season keeping us you know focused in races keeping us strong during races so developing a program for the whole developing a program during the off season for the uh, for the season itself is in my opinion one of the most important things you could possibly do as a as a trainer for a driver it, it's really an interesting time to try something different right yeah, absolutely. If you if you're if a trainer is looking to try something different with a driver, we can have a little bit of time to experiment, which is kind of cool. And you know, it's uh, we're not scientists necessarily as, as trainers, but um, we definitely like to experiment and try some different things and see if they work or not. And it gives us a good um, good time frame where we're able to do that. And Hunter, I'm curious because you know, once you you know, you're not going to be in that car necessarily. You're not going to be in that mindset. So how much of that training comes down to you know mental preparation of you know either it's discipline or getting on the sim or putting yourself back in that mindset and keeping that mindset of I have to think about a race this way to keep it you know to keep my endurance. How much of that is mental? Yeah, no, absolutely. We've talked about this whole this whole segment since we've done it. The mental edge is huge. You know, mental edge is one of my favorite phrases just because I say it all the time. But um, the simulation work is getting so much bigger in this sport, whether it be iRacing or actual, you know, Chevy Ford. All those guys have sim uh, actual simulators they put these guys on. So um, that's huge. And that that's another thing, too, that comes in. You know, when I talk about training, that's part of it. You know, that comes into play as well because you'll have these guys have more time to go out and do that. You'll have more time to kind of sit back, study these tracks that they're going to next year a lot of these you know during the season you'll hear guys say you know i was on i was on the iRacing racing in phoenix studying phoenix this week they can't really you know they're studying the track that's ahead of them they can't really stay focused on more than one thing at a time at least during the off season you can say okay you know the first three races of the year let's say take it from a nascar standpoint we have uh, daytona phoenix atlanta and i'm going to study those three races kind of get an idea for those three and be ready be a little bit more prepared going into the season uh, so it gives them it just gives, gives them that edge that mental edge is huge and the focus on it in off season like you said you have more time you can really sit back really clear your mind get after it you don't have anything else going on necessarily so um really big during the off season to focus on the mental stuff for sure and what are some of the things that you can do during the off season that you can't do during when you know when drivers are traveling week to week or you know what you know touring around what are some of the things you can do in that off season because you have that time well, that's a, that's an awesome question. So kind of like Tom talked about before, you can experiment a little bit. You can kind of play around with a driver's fitness program. Um, it's really hard to do that during the season. So, you know, you're mid-season and you want to say, okay, well, I want to try something else. Well, that doesn't work. That could really set the tone for, you know, the rest of the year. So if you try something else, you know, try a, a program with a driver for three, four weeks or so, and it's not really working for them, they don't, you don't you're not seeing what you want to see as a trainer, um, you know, you can go back to, you know, back to your basic baseline for that driver, that, uh, you know, that client and, you know, kind of stretch it from there and play it around. So like I said, it gives us a lot more time to just experiment and play around, um, find that driver's kind of, you know, playing field, so to speak, um, find where they can go from there and play with that from there. So like I said, the, the, and that's huge to find, you know, all different stuff and keep things interesting for a driver's training because the driver's never going to experiment, experience the exact same thing on the racetrack all the time. It's different all the time. So you've got to keep their workouts the same way. 
Well, I, I think uh, one of the things that I think about is, you you know, you do have so much more time in the off season, and, and you know, you kind of look at, uh, for example, cardio. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys now have um, so much that they do, especially, you know, during the season, the NASCAR guys, you see them mountain biking and doing all those things. But, you know, cycling, running, kickboxing, things that maybe you would do, you know, when you're out of the car for a while that you may not necessarily drill down to during the course of uh, a week with all of your other responsibilities during the year. Yeah, absolutely. And we look at some, you can kind of ramp the intensity up a little bit more during the off season because it allows a little bit more time for recovery. Um, and that's huge. So that's why I do add things, you know, you'll have things like uh, kickboxing standpoints, you know, heavy bag work. Um, CrossFit is big for a driver over the off season. Obviously not every day, but it does come into play. You can add CrossFit, um, just pieces of CrossFit to an exercise program just because like i said you have more time for recovery um obviously we're not looking to injure or, uh, you know account for injuries or anything like that but um some exercises obviously are more intense than others and need a little bit more time to for muscles to heal and um to get back to where they, they should be so um you can play with a lot, around a lot more higher intensity stuff usually the off-season training is a lot more intense than your your training during the year so um the same thing that you see like off weeks throughout the year you'll see drivers do a little bit more intense stuff during off weekends in the year just to kind of play around with it get a little bit mid-year based stuff like that but um but yeah the intensity definitely ramps up during the off season too so cardiovascular stuff that's not just necessarily running or cycling or swimming you know the basics um it's cool to throw in rowers and kickboxing and crossfit and sprint drills and parachutes and all that kind of cool stuff battle ropes so um stuff that you know some might not know about but it's really cool to throw in you know during that off season when you have the time with the driver well, yeah, I think you get to do some things that uh, kind of break up the routine for yourself and, and can be fun for a lot of people to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I find it fun and some people think I'm crazy. So, um, but, you know, a lot <laughs> of that stuff is fun. I People see me in the gym all the time and I'm, you know, to paint a picture, I'm sweating, I'm beat red and, you know, and all this stuff. And they're looking at me like, why are you torturing yourself? I'm like, I'm trying to get things better. So hopefully, you know, next time I come in, I'm not so beat red. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. You do have a lot of, a lot of time to kind of play around. And, um, that is the, that is the fun part. And from a trainer standpoint, that's the fun part of the off season. If there is a fun part to the off season. <laughs> well, I think for a lot of the guys and, and gals who do race, I think they enjoy that part of it. I, I really do. I think you, you know, like anything else once you get your body used to it you kind of crave it yeah definitely absolutely you know it's um exercising hasn't always been you know where my career path was um but it's you know over the past five six years or so it's really come into a play for me it's becoming it i don't want to say it's become an addiction but it is something that you know if i don't exercise two or three days i i know it like my energy level becomes blah and you know most people don't even want to talk to me because it's just like <laughs> a, a negative aurora like it's crazy but um but yeah it just becomes something that you look forward to and um even if it's not something you look forward to it does become part of a routine which is which is uh, also not not a bad thing at all so <laughs> It really, uh, it really isn't. And with that, let's step into a quick uh, weekend preview. We've got three divisions in action at Phoenix, and boy, uh, it is going to be hot. I mean, I know that I, uh, I saw something uh, earlier that talked about uh, Cody Coughlin and and his um, past successes in warm weather type racing. So, you know, I guess we'll see how that works out in uh, tomorrow night's Truck Series race. But uh, you've got the the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series all at Phoenix. 
Yeah, and like you said, the heat's going to be a, the, a huge factor this weekend. Anytime you go to Phoenix, you really factor in the heat. Any of those West Coast races, you factor in that dry heat, which is, thank God, it is a dry heat, not necessarily a humidity in this kind of stance. Humidity kind of takes a toll on a driver a little bit more when you're in those cards. It's thicker air. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting just dealing with the heat and dealing with those, um, you know, a couple of tight corners. It's a fast, short track out there. Um, and, you know, keeping your head on. Keep We see a lot of uh, heated uh, conversations out of this Phoenix race quite often. So, um, so we'll see what happens there. It'll be cool. And of course, uh, F1 in action as well. Yeah, F1's going to Brazil. A um, little bit less on the mental side there because the the championship's pretty much been it has been decided. It's it's over already. That race is there. We're going out to win a race and um, you know and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So a uh, really cool track though. Really fast track. A lot of uh, you know long straightaways that kind of stuff. So um, Brazil be a really cool race for the F1 guys as always the forearms the neck the head uh big time coming into play there so that should be an exciting race as well and obviously heat will probably uh, most likely come into play there as well oh, for sure yeah um interesting that we talk about all these warm weather races as it's about uh, 45 degrees over here in Charlotte and just uh, cold and rainy and miserable uh but um hopefully not so much where they're racing so with that we'll uh step aside now when we come back the lightning round and bill will put us through our paces our producer bill gonna ask us some questions and ask us to fill in some blanks we'll uh we'll have some fun with that right on the other side you're listening to the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety on pmn the performance motorsports network When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Little Jim Croce bringing us back. Uh, ben Royce there. <laughs> bad, bad Leroy Brown. Okay. Uh, welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Tonight's show is always brought to you by <laughs> HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. And make sure that you check them out on the web for all your driver safety needs and radios as well. HMSMotorsport.com. And with that, this is the white flag segment. Time for the lightning round. And we we bring in for the first time on this show to hopefully execute this lightning round flawlessly with zero mistakes. Our producer from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, Bill Holt. Good evening, gentlemen. It's been a great pleasure to listen to the show this evening. And we're going to start with fill in the blanks, kids. Dirt okay. car modified racer Kyle Strickler is blank after being fined $200 and put on probation for 2018 following his on-track altercation with David Strimmey at Charlotte two weeks ago. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Strickler is bubbly after being fined $200 and put on probation. He should have been fined five to ten times that amount and probably suspended for a while. He's got to be absolutely cracking up laughing at this because, honestly, th- this is really no punishment at all for him. I don't understand why the, the dirt car went so light other than to say, I guess... If you go ahead, it is true what they say. If you fight on the front straightaway, we're going to take it real easy on you. Well, technically, they fought on the back straightaway. Close enough. On there the was, racetrack. Yeah, there were the still plenty of it. people. There were a lot of people off turn, too, that were camping and watching this. Kyle Strickler is one lucky son of a gun. Because you're right, Tom. And the way I read the max penalties... He should have been fined 5000 bucks, and if it were me, I'd have parked his rear end for about six months, quite frankly. Dirt Car doesn't need Kyle Strickler. Kyle Strickler needs Dirt Car a whole heck of a lot more. I, I, this bothers me. I'm slightly incensed by it. 200 bucks in probation for next year is nothing. It's like smacking somebody on the wrist and telling them not to stick their hand in the cookie jar and steal another cookie. Now, I'm not sure that Kyle Strickler is going to go ahead and 
clobber somebody like he did to David Stremme quite so soon. But, you know, anyway. Kyle Strickler is popular after being fined $200 because as I dropped in the link dump there, you take a look at www.trends.google.com. You type in Kyle Strickler and you look at the search history. It went from about eh, about 25% to 100% on this after this happening. So Kyle Strickler is popular after that. I would say Kyle Strickler is basking after this uh, whole ordeal. Good like one. we said, find $200, a, a mere probation for 2018, and all the publicity. That car has been all over the internet as far as racers go. Like, that is, that's that's a dream right there. All your sponsors got seen. You only got to pay $200, little fine for, you know, causing a little altercation that everybody's seen. I think that's enough to be basking in that for sure. I guess you could also say he was high, he could be high side tickled to death. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> and only being fined two hundred dollars. Question well, number two, gentlemen: John Hunter Nemechek needs a blank to win tomorrow night's Lucas Oil One Hundred and Fifty NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race at Phoenix. <laughs> he he needs a Sprint Cup a Monster Energy Cup, a Winston Cup, a Nextel Cup. He needs a doggone cup car to win tomorrow night's Lucas Oil 150 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race because nothing that he's done lately in the truck has has been able to put him up front in contention to win. This was a driver that we thought maybe going into the playoffs was on a bit of a roll, Jacob. Excuse me? And now he's been doing just enough to survive and put himself there. He needs something that nobody else in the field has got in order to win that race tomorrow. I need about 10 minutes to tell you why you are so misguided in well, everything you just said. Everything you just said bothers me, quite frankly, because losing brakes at Martinsville and crashing is not anyone's fault except the car broke john hunter has had speed he ran out of fuel at texas i don't want to hear you say he's, he's not been in contention no luck in the truck yeah I'm luck get, doesn't translate i'm to saying speed. get in i didn't say it was about speed i said give him something nobody else has got change the tune here well if we're going to talk about luck my answer is john hunter Nemechek needs a miracle to win tomorrow night in Phoenix because the luck bank has been overdrawn about five times too many. God knows I want to see this eight team in the championship four, but it's not going to happen. It's it's not uh, unless he pulls off a new tires with five laps to go and blows by everybody kind of trick or finds a way to do the fuel numbers correctly instead of running out 12 laps from the finish. There's, there's just no way he needs a miracle. This one isn't going to get me very popular, but John Hunter Nemechek needs a Toyota to win tomorrow's <laughs> night's Lucas Oil 150. Because yes. if you look at the history books since 2011, Kyle Busch, Brian Scott, Eric Jones, Eric Jones, Timothy Peters, and Daniel Suarez, all in Toyotas. That's your last since 2011 who have won the truck race at Phoenix. Thank you very much. 
All right, so you just went back to 2011 for your point. I'm going to go back to 2004 for my point and say that John Hunter Nemechek needs a Mayfield to go out and uh, make this championship for tomorrow. So he needs to go out, lead the most laps, win this race, and get into Homestead. He needs to do everything that he has to do to make that championship for. Well, I still, you know, that all good answers here, and I definitely agree with with all of that. I just think, again, my my whole approach here was take him out of the truck because the truck hasn't served him well. He needs something different. Put him in a cup car and let him go out and race the other trucks. Maybe then he'll finally get a win and get into the championship. Other than that, I'm inclined to agree with Cisco. He better have a Toyota. Tom, I would just like to point out, I don't believe the cup car would pass post-race inspection tomorrow night. <laughs> well, then, probably not. Yeah, then you would have a cucumbered win, and yeah. that doesn't help you either. Yeah, exactly. Question number three, gentlemen. Your vote for a new official hashtag for the Stuart Haas Racing Smithfield Meets number 10 team and Eric Amarola starting next season would be hashtag blank. Hashtag eat more bacon. I mean, <laughs> come on, you got Smithfield. What does Smithfield make? They make pork products, and bacon is one of their specialties. Jacob, you had a chance to taste some of it at the uh, presser the other day. Yes, please allow me to talk about the amazing BLT and the specialty sandwich that Smithfield made, the Porkinator. Tom, that is your kind of sandwich. Pork chop, ham, and bacon. Oh, yes, yes. That is meat-alicious right there. Yes. yes, all the way for hashtag eat more bacon. And oh, by the way, I say Eric Almarola wins a race next year in that car. Yeah, so I'm not a fan of this question. Can I call a penalty? Because I actually like hashtag Alma, Alma, however, I can't even say it how they spell it, but Almarola. You can't like something you you can't say. But it's Almarola's name with 10 instead of the O and the L. And I like it. I like the creativity on Stuart Haas's part. My vote is to keep what they started because it was it's fun, it's unique, and it kind of ties in with some of the hashtags that NASCAR did this year, integrating the driver names and numbers together for the playoff contenders this year. So I say good job on the Stuart Haas marketing team. Keep it the way it is. Well, I can tell you one thing. I don't have a career in PR because I got absolutely nothing for this. But the best one I could come up with was hashtag meet the field. (laughs) Yes, I approve of that. Okay. All right. So I've got hashtag Cuban smoked bacon. So that's what we're going okay. with. We got Cuban uh, with the Cuban descent of Eric Almarola there. I think Cuban smoke is going to be uh, the hashtag for them next year. I think that'd be awesome. Okay, I I think at this point we need to call a timeout just for a bit oh, no. from the lightning round. I want to follow up on the Almarola. Uh, with with a roundtable question, I put it out there first. I said I that I, I am venturing that Eric Almarola wins a race in 2018 in that number 10 car. Jacob, agree or disagree, and why? Agree with a caveat. I say he wins next year, but Clint Boyer wins first. I think Eric's going to have some time. I think he's going to need to get adjusted and acquainted with Stuart Haas Racing and that 10 car next season. I think it'll take a little bit of time for this team to gel. I think Clint Boyer's actually the closest of the two of them to winning a race right now. And I say Clint Boyer wins a race first. But yes, before the end of the season, Eric Almarola does win a race Not sure if it'll be in the regular season, quite frankly. I think if he wins a race, it may be as a playoff spoiler. 
Mr. Baker, Mr. Baker, Mr. Uh, Jacob stole my answer. He oh, stole my answer I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, uh, follow up, Cisco. Uh, yeah, no, I'd have to agree. I think Boyer, with the year, you know, developing the chemistry with the crew, I think those two cars are going to be, like I said at the beginning of the show, probably going to be a lot more similar in terms of performance. But I think Boyer's going to have the edge in terms of, you know, having built the chemistry with his team and been in that car for a year. I, I could see Boyer going out and winning a race or two, and I can see Almirola going out and ra- winning a race or two. But I think I have to agree Boyer's going to do it first. Um, I'm going to go ahead and agree that I think Eric Almirola will win a race next year in the 10 car. But I, I as much as I hate to say, I think I disagree that Boyer is going to win first. I think wow. Almirola, first of all, that 10 car, where's Danica? Always been strong. She's run up front on the plate tracks. She's been up there. Eric Almirola has such a great pedigree on plate tracks. I think he goes out and he's going to be a contender at Daytona in the spring, Daytona in July, both Talladega races. I just haven't seen it at a Boyer, and I know a developing year, all that kind of stuff, but I think Al Marola goes out and has a shot right at the gate at Daytona. Well, you know what? I, I, that's uh, Well, doesn't almost anybody have a shot at Daytona, Jacob? I mean, realistically, yeah. but I, I think Hunter's on to something that's, uh, that's definitely going to be intriguing, and we still don't know where Danica's going, if she's going anywhere for next year, and no real solid leads on any of that. But uh, should should uh, be fun to see what kind of a season Eric has in the 10 car. Jacob, with that, I think we're uh, about ready to close this up again, and Bill, thanks for the help on the uh, lightning round. I was going to say, do I get to say goodnight, Gracie, now? Yeah, you get to say goodnight. Something like that. All right. Thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at 3 Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Bill Holt, behind the glass and on the microphone tonight for helping make this show possible, keeping us sounding good, as well as our friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Thank them for what they do for this show. Visit them on the web, hmsmotorsport.com. And we remind you to keep it off the wall. And if you're headed to a racetrack this weekend, we might just see you there. Keep it tuned here to PMN for the latest motorsports news and conversation. Until then, have a safe racing weekend. Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.